Brad, this was your fifth 15 steal game of the season, which was the most for this franchise since 0304. Sweet. So, pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Do, do you feel like the team is more in control of a game when it's getting that significant number of steals? I don't even pay attention to the steals, to be honest. It, that means nothing. I mean, all it means, I said this before the game, is we're in good position. When we start gambling and taking ourselves out of position, it's not worth it. And, you know, those futile attempts get you beat. And we had a couple of those tonight that we got scored on. And um, But we started the game in the right position getting steals. And th those, are, those are worth it. Um, but... You just have to be able to balance that. You can't get caught up in the steals or defense thing um, if you're a player. And if you're, you know, certainly coach, you just got to be in the right spot to make it as difficult as possible. And then when that person brings the ball in your direction and you're in the right spot, then be active with your hands and be aggressive. And so I think that our guys have done a pretty good job of that all year. But it's, yeah, it's why we don't talk about it a lot. The Celtics win 111 to 103 over the Denver Nuggets. We're going to break this game down and then look at the players' personality profiles here on the Garden Report, powered by Grandstand on CLNS Radio and Celtics Squad. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to the show. I am Jared Weiss from CLNS Radio. I am joined today by not my cousin Eric Weiss <laughs> from Sports Attitude and Celtics Blog. Eric, great to finally have you on the show. It's great to be here. Especially the beard. The beard game is pretty strong tonight. Yeah, well, it's so. the season. Playoff beard will probably have to be shaved in a, in a week or two after I get over uh, the weekend's loss, but for right now it's going strong. All right, well, we're trying not to talk about that because we don't want our audience <laughs> crying during the show. So let's get into it tonight. Will Barton was amazing, Avery Bradley was amazing, but that Celtics defense was incredible, especially in the first half. They had 11 steals in the first half to finish with 15 in the game, which, of course, Brad Stevens says is completely meaningless. <laughs> but, I mean, they were able to sustain incredible defense pretty much for the first three and a half quarters, and then they kind of let up at the end there, which has been the Celtics' issue, is letting up at the end when they're playing really well. Yeah, um, yeah definitely an extension uh uh, Kevin O'Connor and I and, and, and you, we were talking about this, I think, uh, last week. But the Celtics have kind of felt like a, a great, like, underdog team. Like, really good at coming from behind. I think it's indicative of the record they had after they fell way out of the race. Evan Turner touched on it a little bit last year, making light of that. But uh, they haven't really quite, I think, found a way to play from ahead when things get rolling. Maybe that's a byproduct of emotion. We're talking about going into personality profiles a little bit or whatever. But this team is definitely a team that's got tons of fight. But all the anomalies, the, the road record versus the home record, all of these different things, they blow out teams or then they lose close leads. So the first half was, was kind of what we've come to expect. They've adjusted to this uh, small, you know, the more consistent or whatever you want to say, small, skilled lineup or whatever, and I think they're starting to even out on both sides of the court. Well, Brad Stevens, after the game, was talking about how he felt looking at the Nuggets that they're like this team of runs where they're down and then they're up all of a sudden, they're down, then they're up at the end of the game. I thought he was describing his team. That kind of sounds <laughs> like the Celtics. Because yeah. they, they're, they're not a high-skill team. They're more of a team that relies on passion and effort more than anything, really. So that's usually a team that's going to be playing catch-up. Yep, and uh, I think it's a fairly reasonable analogy when you look at kind of the Nuggets mix their general overall age they have a, a kind of a, you know if you look at Gallinari compared to uh, you know Isaiah Thomas or something there's some parallels there where you have some young undercooked but uh, you know interesting uh, you know youth players and then you have some kind of 
in their prime or close to their prime, uh, you know, veterans. And, and they have been, if people haven't watched, I'm not sure how many Celtics fans watch Denver. I like to torture myself with uh, mediocre team basketball frequently. Uh, they're sneaky good relative to their record. They're, they're much better. And I think that's kind of, uh, I think there are a lot of parallels with how they play. So it was good that Boston was able to, to lock it up because Denver can sneak up and continue a run like that. I think Kelly talked about it saying keeping, you know, five to seven point runs from being like 10 to 15 point runs. And that's huge because a team like this can definitely do that. And they have done that a number of times this year. And one thing they did well that I was worried about coming to this game was handling Jokic. And this is a guy that's a really versatile center that we talked about this before the game. He's someone that they're able to get the ball and low to him, and then he's able to pass out of there. And with the Celtics, if they have their, you know, their really active point guards trying to collapse the paint and leaving the three-point shooters open, which is something Stevens acknowledges is a bit of an issue for them at times, you know, that's where they can really get hurt. And they were able to really contain him. And even though the Nuggets went to him on pretty much every possession for the first five minutes of the game, yeah. He really wasn't su successful at all, and they missed like nine shots in the paint in the first quarter. Yep. Well, giving him a huge hit pointer right after that, too, didn't hurt either, and it kind of knocked him off his game and out of the game for a I while. I didn't even notice him after the game at that point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he came back, so that's a, that's a testament to him that he that he shook it off and, and he came back in the game. The and tough Eastern European blood there. Yeah, maybe the damage was done at that point. But he's an impressive player. Like Denver's got a lot of interesting players, so their ability to, to kind of figure out how to – how to attack. I think Kelly playing 17 minutes. I don't know what Brad was talking about, about looking at different matchups, but tough matchup for him, uh, you know, on the interior tonight, if you're going to go skilled or whatever to, to have him, especially against Nurkic, which is yeah. it, an insanely poor matchup, no matter how bad his condition is. But it was just too with the length and the, and the, and the size is not ideal. So their ability to kind of figure out a way to keep that from hurting him and then get the lead was a was a probably one of the most impressive things about the beginning of the game. I mean, the fact that Nurkic didn't kind of toss guys all over the place was a win, I'd say, for the Celtics. It almost happened. Him yeah. and Crowder look like they were going to hate Crowder each other for a bit. Crowder crying again. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's been a bit of a theme for him. I now. still haven't seen this uh, destroying the Gatorade thing. I'm hoping that oh, there's yeah, well, somebody recorded. Later, yeah, yeah, excellent. But, uh, yeah, it seemed, uh, it seemed like everything stayed relatively even kill. It was a strange game, though. It didn't. I don't know if it was Boston just controlling, but Denver didn't really have kind of a consistency to anything they did, even effort-wise. They traded baskets early, and then they kind of fell behind. There was not a lot of life until until maybe that third quarter, late third or early fourth, where Will Barton kind of got a chance to kind of get engaged and involved in the game. And I think he came in and, and did Will Barton things right when Boston was kind of maybe patting themselves on the back a little early and making some questionable shot selection and having a little bit of a uh, – a wane in the uh, in the effort, and it kind of turned into more of a game. I was really worried we weren't going to get to see the Will Barton show tonight. <laughs> that guy is one of the most fun guys to watch in the NBA right now. He's just yeah. he, he's like an and one mixtape tour all wrapped up in a little 130 pound body. It's 130 amazing. pound on a good day. <laughs> okay, quickly before we go to part two, Avery Bradley had a huge first half. He, every single shot that he took, regardless of whether it was an open shot off balance, he hit it. Uh, he was in this incredible rhythm. Gets cold at halftime, comes back out. Doesn't make a three for the rest of the game. What did you see out of Avery tonight? I think this is a pattern that we see, and I can't, I can't guarantee it, but Avery, for one, we got to give him credit. His level of development and progression has been really great his entire career, considering all the different combinations of, uh, of team he's played on, really. He's the longest tenure, but you know the team that he started with is nothing compared to the team that he's on now. So he's, he's survived a lot of transitions and become – you know, as, as Kevin will say, great above the break three-point shooter and all that. But I feel like he would be – he 
fairly consistently starts hot, but then drops off. And I don't think it's necessarily him as much as it is he's not great at creating his own shot, although he's worked really hard on it, had that nice little, uh, you know, that little mix uh, and took Nurkic to the hole early on. But uh, I think he would benefit more than anybody from having another kind of Isaiah Thomas-esque scorer or creator guy because I just think it's just a different world when you become higher on the priority list for the defensive, uh, you know, scheming. And so when he starts hot like that, the other team gets, you know, gets all over him and starts taking that away, which helps other players get open because he's drawing attention, but it hurts his ability to be consistent, I think, from, from half to half. All right, so we're going to go to break. Stay on this playlist for part two of the Garden Report where we get inside the players' heads. This is the Garden Report powered by Grandstand on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Just aggressive in the first quarter, um, making shots. He's, he's, a, he's a great shot maker and a guy that is um, – getting to his spots and guys are finding him and he's just doing a, a great job of getting us going early in the first quarters and throughout the game and um, I'm proud of him because he, he puts in the he put he puts in the work and it's showing are you surprised at all after missing games like do you think maybe it might get overlooked after missing games actually games I was surprised you know uh, I felt I missed just as many games as I did this year last year and uh, I didn't get chose last year, so I figured the same thing was going to happen this year. Uh, but it's a blessing, so, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, you accept. And you know, I thank God for giving me the opportunity to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm happy. And uh, my teammates have been happy for me. They've been congratulating me and everything. And uh, we're trying to go out and get a win tonight. A couple of people pointed out tonight that uh, you know, a lot of the guys who get picked out are high draft picks and we generally play on losing teams, for example. So. You, uh, you know, you look at starting for a playoff team last year and you able to get that recognition. What does it mean to be able to do that for teams in the playoffs? It just shows, you know, uh, the things that I bring to the table, you know, to help my team and, and what this team does. You know, it speaks volumes for not only me, but this team in, in general. How many times are you going to dive to the floor or take a charge? Say it again. How many times are you going to dive to the floor or take a charge? Uh, I doubt not many. <laughs> Just to be part of the weekend, it's got to be you know, looking forward to an experience that you probably grew up watching a lot. Ah, uh, definitely. You know, it's an exciting, an exciting time for for a player individually, and uh, you know, you get to go out there and just relax and have fun. Marcus, health-wise, how close do you think you are from 100? percent I'm real close. You know, I'm still, you know, in the training room with this uh, training staff, and they're doing everything possible to make sure that my body is, uh, is ready and stay ready every night. Yeah, uh, fourth quarter, they, they kind of got out on us. Um, you know, we were able to put, put a 48 game win, a uh, good defense. You know, uh, I, I definitely won this game. It's four straight games with 20 or more turnovers. Brad says that you guys don't talk about it, but what is behind those kinds of moments? Um, main goal is to definitely take care of the ball. You know, uh, really our main focus is, is defense. You know, once we get stops on defense, you know, we're able to Sorry. get out Sorry. and get transition points in and run our offense. So uh, I think I think defense, you know, these last four games has been huge for us. You know, once we're able to lock down and, and stop our opponent, you know, we get these games. I know defense is the key, but this is one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA too. Is that based on defense, success, success on defense? 
home games, you know, they, they say defense wins games, and uh, I definitely believe that, you know, and uh, you know, once we get it stopped, we're going to have to get games. As you approach the All-Star break, as one of the best looking team, what do you think of this team as you approach the break? Say it again? As you approach the All-Star break, uh, sort of the halfway mark, what do you think of the team? Um, I think we're more focused on ourselves, mainly, um, this when, when teams usually start to lock in really, you know, when they start to break down, you know, where we're at, uh, in the East and in, in the Western teams. So, uh, definitely, we, we definitely need to, just to focus on every game and, and, and know that every game counts, you know, for us. So, it's, it's just a complete focus for us, you know, uh, definitely coming up on Arsenal break, we, uh, want to get, try to get every game. In this situation, uh, uh for different reasons, but the rotation shorter. Is that, do you guys think about that at all? Has that helped or? I think just uh, Brad just sticks with work. Cause if he, uh, seeing KO doing good out there, you know, he's going to stick with that group or he just switches up groups and just trying to see what's work and whatever works he sticks with. If it doesn't work, he changes it. Are you guys okay with that in terms of the, uh, the fluidity of it or? Um, for me, I am, you know, as long as we get the win, you know, I'm, I'm fine with, with anything. Do you think we're coming to the stage in the NBA where you won't, you'll have a starting five, but not the same starting five every night? Um, it, it switches up. You know, they have different matchups. Sometimes they, teams might go small ball and you want to match up there. You know, sometimes the team has bigs and you want to switch up the matchup there. You know, so it's, it's definitely changed uh, throughout the years in the NBA. You, know, you never know, you know what lineup you're going to get. Mary, you and Jared both had double-digit rebounds. I think you had seven offensive boards. How important is that to you know keep those offensive possessions alive? Uh, the, I mean, that's 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 what we do. You know, we both like the offensive rebound. You know. Uh, if the two guys are boxing out Jared, you know, I'm able to get the open rebound. If the guys are boxing out me, Jared's able to get the rebound. So I, I just think it's just to our advantage what we're able to get offensive rebound. Brad, can you just talk about the 18 to 1 run you guys put together and then the rally that Denver put together? Yeah, I mean, obviously that was the run that gave us enough of a cushion. Uh, didn't look like it for. A little bit there at the end because we were sloppy with the ball. But, you know, when I was watching Denver on film, and we actually talked about this in the in the um, walkthrough today, that they were a team that, you know, I was watching the Indiana game. They were down, down relatively, you know, down 15 in the second quarter. They were up 10. They were down 8. And then they ended up winning the game. Like, they're a team that has gone on runs um, pretty consistently in every game, whether it was Indiana or Detroit. Um, Memphis, all those games, they're a, they can they can streak on you, and um, you know I thought we did a a pretty good job of handling that in the first three and a half quarters, and then we got sloppy at the end. And um, but you know for the most part, I thought we played pretty well, and you know moved the ball and and defended. We got we've got to tighten up our defense when you know they're in need three situations and they're going to shoot a lot of threes. We need to do a much better job of guarding the three point line. Is it oversimplifying to point to defense as uh, what's given you the uptick in the last few games? I didn't think our defense was as good tonight as it was um, the three games prior. Maybe I'm just talking from that last six-minute spurt that I'm that I'm feeling. But um, you know what? We 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 reverted in the fourth quarter also to some of our fouling late, and we've got to do a better job with that. We have a lot of room to improve, but when we turn it up and we're in the right position, we're, you know, we can, we can be a good defensive team. Um, so, 
you know, again, if we don't guard, you know, I, I, used to, I think I've always said if we don't play well, we won't win. If we don't guard, we won't win. Um, and so, um, you know, that's, that's part of us playing well. Coach, uh, you've obviously the past couple of weeks have shortened the rotation a bit, and it seemed it was a little bit tighter now. You went a strong eight, and then you nine, ten guys after that, but not major minutes for them. How important is has that dynamic been for this team of late to really tighten up that rotation a little bit from earlier? Yeah, I mean, I, I, th I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I mean, I don't know. Um, I believe in all the guys that are playing, and I believe the guys aren't. So, um, and they're all been really pulling together and pulling in one direction in the locker room. And so the guys that are playing are playing well. And, you know, um, when the next man up's number gets called, he'll play well. And, you know, it's just kind of the way you go about it. You know, I went with Tyler because Nurkic was such a, a load for us last year um, in the first half. And then we went with Kelly in the second just because, or Jonas in the second just to kind of play Kelly at the five. So their fives would have to guard him a little bit. Um, so you're just kind of playing that game and seeing what works and figuring it out on the fly. You got an idea going into each game how they're going to play and how they're going to substitute, but that can change. And you know we've been flexible enough with those that second unit to do some different things, which has been good. That second unit playing pretty well. You, you touched on Kelly a, a minute ago. Uh, pretty efficient, 17 points, 17 minutes. Uh, just his overall game and just how it's grown the last few weeks. Well, I mean, I think he's. I think I read somewhere where he said that he he's starting to, you know, find his spots better. Or he's starting to, you know, understand where all his spots are coming from. And I think that that's probably true. That's probably an experience thing. Probably something you learn. Um, but he's he's. We need him to be aggressive for us to be good. We've said that all year. Um, and and now the way that we've kind of chosen to play with with a lot of skill on the floor, you know, is, the skill is only a thread if you use it. Uh, Brad, another big first half from Avery. Um, he tends to have those. What what does he do in terms of just allowing everybody else to sort of settle in when he's doing that? I thought today he did a good job. He made some great plays off the dribble, but he but I thought our team also did a really good job of finding him. You know, they they made multiple passes across the court. They kicked out. They drove and kick, um, and we were able to take advantage of that. Um, but he's you know, he went through that mini slump, which every shooter has at some time or another. Um, but all that means is you're going to have a flurry of makes at some point or another, too. Brad, past couple of games you played Avery the entire second quarter, playing a lot of minutes with the uh, second unit. Can you just explain the thinking behind that? Well, I've actually mixed it up in probably the last six or seven games that way. Um, I think I forget what game it was. It was maybe even before Indiana came here, so maybe it was 10 or 15, 10 or 12 games ago. I told him we'd take him out early in the first and, and put him back in in the second at the start. And um, I've mixed that a little bit, done that with Jay some, done that with Isaiah some. Um, but I think Avery fits well with Evan and Marcus for a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, again, with Avery's skill and Kelly's skill in that group playing together at the start of the second quarter, that's been a productive group for us. Coach, one more question on Avery Bradley. He scored your guys' first points of the night um, somewhere around four, a little below 40% of your games this season. How often do you actually 
purposely draw plays up for him to get the ball, or, or does that just happen through the offense? And if you do draw it up for him, why? We have multiple options on some of those ATOs at the start of the game, and Avery's one of our good options for, you know, to, to create a shot off an action. So, but we have multiple options in, in each ATO and each to start each game. And, you know, he uh, often ends up with the ball, I guess. Brad, this was your fifth 15 steal game of the season, which is the most for this franchise since 0304. Sweet. So pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Do, do you feel like the team is more in control of a game when it's getting that significant number of steals? I don't even pay attention to the steals, to be honest. It, that means nothing. I mean, all it means, I said this before the game, is we're in good position. When we start gambling and taking ourselves out of position, it's not worth it. And, you know, those futile attempts get you beat. And we had a couple of those tonight that we got scored on. And um, But we started the game in the right position getting steals. And th those, are, those are worth it. Um, but... You just have to be able to balance that. You can't get caught up in the steals or defense thing um, if you're a player. And if you're, you know, certainly coach, you just got to be in the right spot to make it as difficult as possible. And then when that person brings the ball in your direction and you're in the right spot, then be active with your hands and be aggressive. And so I think that our guys have done a pretty good job of that all year. But it's, yeah, it's why we don't talk about it a lot. Coach, uh talked about the good feeling in the locker room. Without much practice time, do you feel like there's a good well, we need to, with? Uh, we need to practice, I think. We'll practice tomorrow, which will be good. Um, we don't need to, you know, we're not going to be out there very long. We're never out there very long at this time of the year. Um, but we need to be crisp in a, you know, 30 or 45-minute session on the court. And, you know, that's what we'll try to be, and we'll try to plan it so that we get enough done. But we've got a lot of room to get better. You saw that tonight. Um, and, you know, hey, you know, it's, this, is, this is kind of one of those times of the year where you just you've got to get the appropriate amount of rest so that you can really perform at a high level. But we've got some executing work to do on both ends. You've said a lot of times that you don't talk about turnovers, but how much does it change your offense when you are getting those turnovers? And it's easier to score one on zero and two on one than it is five on five. I mean, um, there's no question about that. So the offensive numbers look a little bit better when you're when you're stealing the ball and laying it in. But I think the biggest thing, um, it probably, it probably, you know, what it does for your offense is it allows guys to see the ball go through the basket. And once they see the ball go through the basket, there's a confidence lift in each each and every game. You know, if you get an easy layup or you get a dunk in transition, you get a run out three, whatever the case may be. But, you know, it's a, I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad we're getting steals and I'm glad we're converting it. But I don't think it's the, it's not the talking point for us. Um, the talking point is position and, and being reliable in that. Thank you. Shooting 40% from three over your last eight games, is that um, making open shots or is it getting better looks? Um, I think it's a combination of things, but I think that, you know, obviously we've put a large priority on guys that are shooting, especially at the forward spots, as far as, you know, Kelly playing a lot at the, at the four and the five right now, and Jonas has played more. Um, and then, you know, there are times where you go up and down in a rhythm. Um, but I think that, you know, regardless of what we're shooting, you know, we have to be good on the other end of the court. And when we are, we give ourselves a chance to win. And then if we're shooting well, then, you know, you have a night like the other night. You guys went about a month without 
causing as many turnovers as he did early on, and then got back to the last few games. What, what do you think kind of went away during that stretch? When, when you went what was it coinciding with Marcus not being around? That probably had something to do with it, right? Because um, he's an outstanding at getting his hands on balls. But we were pretty good at it, even when he wasn't available. Um, I think the, you know, it, for us it's about being in position, doing the right things, and, and just being aggressive, our aggressive selves. And we're, you know, there, there have been very few games where we haven't been aggressive, but there have been games where we have been out of position. Um, and there have been games where we've been hurt in either transition or on the glass that have ultimately cost us. Um, when we do those things pretty well, then, you know, our aggression usually leads to turnovers. But, you know, it's not something we really talk about. It's, not, it's certainly not something we stress. We never talk about good steals tonight. Um, you know, we talk about being in the right spot at the right time. We were better in the last three games because we, we, we were not defending well in the games prior to that. Now we were playing good teams, um, you know, Washington, Toronto, Dallas, down the road, but um, we weren't defending well in most of those games. You talked at the beginning of the season about when you decided to bring Evan off the bench, you were kind of intrigued with the idea of being able to bring him into a couple of different positions. How's that worked out over the course of the season, and how is it in this current incarnation when you kind of bring him and Marcus in together? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out exactly um, that mix, although we're a lot closer probably than we were two weeks ago. Um, we're, we're trying to do a lot of unique things with those two guys. You know, one has the ball, the other's cutting, or, um, you know, obviously Marcus has made shots, but Marcus and Evan can both also post, so we try to post those guys. It's kind of an inverted lineup um, when you think about those guys posting and our Jonas or Kelly and guys like that really spreading the court for us. Um, and it's unique, but, it's, but it finally, I think, um, really started to find some legs early last week, and we'll see if it continues. I, I'm intrigued by it. Coach, uh, Coach, the All-Star Reserve is going to be announced tomorrow. What do you think the chances are Isaiah Thomas is going to get his name called? I sure hope so. I mean, I don't know what the what the chances are. I know that, you know, however many coaches there are, vote for it. And, um, you know, he sure deserves it. And, you know, it's like I just said on in my radio interview, I, I, hope that, um, I hope that he makes it from the standpoint of how hard he works, how much time he puts in, um, how much of an impact he's had on us. But I think it would also be a feather in the cap of his teammates um, because I think as much as he lifts them up, they've it's been a great situation for him, and, and they've been a big part of that. So I hope uh, I hope I hope that happens. Thoughts on Marcus making the rising stars game? Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's, an, it's another honor. It's great to be a part of All Star Weekend. You know, obviously Kelly and Sully have done that in the past, and um, you know it's a good sign when young players are invited to do stuff like that. Especially when they've only played half a year. And that, that's what I was going to ask you. The fact that he hasn't had a ton of games on the belt, but still good enough to impress us as he goes to the just say about kind of see how he's having to Well, I think he can play a lot better. And he's getting better as the weeks go on and everything else. But, um, you know, he was the only rookie that I think maybe there were two. Maybe Capella did towards the end. But he was the only rookie that started in the playoffs last year. Or one of very few. Certainly there weren't very many in the last um, eight teams playing that we're still playing at all. So it's, it's hard to impact the league as a young player, and if you have any impact at all, then that's probably a positive sign. Um, there's a lot of young players that haven't gotten their opportunity yet that are really going to have great careers, and we're all just going to kind of wait and see. But to have an impact early is pretty impressive. How well do you know Mike Malone? What do you think of him? 
Yeah, I don't know him great. Um, I'm really impressed with him as a coach, and there's a couple of reasons why. You know, in my small, brief interactions with him, he's been really interesting to talk to and enjoyable to talk to. I know Isaiah thinks very highly of him. Um, and But, you know, if I would have not known who the coach was prior to watching film, I would not have said that I saw a lot of similarities between what they're doing, especially on offense, from Sacramento now to Denver. And I think that tells you how much of a, you know, kind of a guy that can morph with the team and figure out what works best. And I like what they're doing on both ends of the court. I like their offense a lot. I like their, their pieces. And he's really done a good job. And he's 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 coached it. To me, it looks like a at least a small tweaks in his style on the offensive end. So I think that's a I say that as a compliment. Similar feeling of you beginning to get an identity this year and you begin to figure out what it takes to win the game? Uh, you know, somewhat. I think we're starting to hit our strides. I think, uh, you know, Ty's obviously turning a little bit. And, you know, in basketball, you know, you go on runs. So just trying to ride that wave. And uh, that's pretty much what we're doing. And, um, you know, we're closing out games a little bit better. And um, it's just, you know, clicking for us. And we're just trying to hit a run before all start break. Obviously, things got a little sloppy there in the fourth quarter. But what went into that run to kind of blow open the game? Um, I think defensively we got some key stops and key rebounds, and uh, we turned, uh, you know, turned rebounds and turnovers into uh, points for us. So I think that's the biggest thing. You looked like you had a little fun after that long jumper before the end of the shot clock. What was your reaction to that? Oh, well, Kelly had it. I mean, he better not pass it. That's just like an unwritten <laughs> rule in the NBA. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, he better not pass it. And then he. The ball is coming towards me. I'm like, man, this dude is one big asshole. <laughs> like the whole time I'm looking at him, like, how, like, how are you gonna pass me this ball? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at him, like, what are you doing, bro? And then, uh, shout out to Jimmy. I forgot about, you know, when that uh, shot clock go down or the buzzer start ticking. You know what I'm saying? It's almost always automatic. So that that reminded me of that, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was nervous and I thought about it. I said, no, no. So it helped. Take your credit, Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, uh, it's just great for the squad, obviously, and you know that definitely helped for when they made their, you know, their, their comeback and stuff like that. So it was cool. Evan, some guys, when you guys were playing games with uh, records earlier, some guys were saying they were factoring into their play. They're kind of playing down the competition. What are you guys doing now to not let that happen? All right. Well, we don't have any room really to really do that. You know what I'm saying? And every game is always important to us. You know, so. We're trying to build, and we're trying to, you know, do better, and just build up our, uh, you know, just play to our standards and keep getting better. These games are very important, and you know, we just can't do a lot of NBA teams do, whether it be, uh, you know, kind of take a break before the All Star break and stuff like that. Well, these, these games mean the most to us. Well, you're 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 pretty close to second second seed. I mean, it's really are we? Yeah, yeah they're, um, not, they're not in the real distant. Yeah, well, you, you know, we're not really too much worried about that as opposed to doing the things the right way. And, uh, you know, obviously the tie can turn once again. Everybody's bunched up. We lose two games, we could be back in the eighth, eighth and ninth seat, you know. It's like when you gamble, it's bad luck to count your money before you're done gambling, you know. So 
That's pretty much it. We're, we're not too much worried about the second, third seed or whatever. We just want to play the right way. How do you know that about gambling? Did oh, somebody, somebody tell you that? Yeah, no, I saw a movie one time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's what they meant. That was it. So that's pretty much it. Kevin, uh, it seems like Avery kickstarts this offense a lot of the time. I mean, how's it, why is it so important to have a guy like that you can rely on at the beginning of the game? That's huge, man. You know, obviously the beginning of the game to set the tone offensively is a big thing, you know. Uh, not only does Avery set the tone offensively, but he's always great uh, defensively for the most part. And, uh, you know, when he gets going, that opens up everything else. He, he flies off those screens 100 miles per hour and, you know, uh, somewhat keeps the other team on the heels, you know. So that's the biggest thing, and that's cool. You haven't been there this long in the second season, but is this the best overall run this team's been on? No. They played very well last year at the end. But. Oh no, yeah, I think I think last year was the first forty two games where we were like Yeah, we were very bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> we need we need five, Yeah, we need to win eight games just to be horrible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so 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 you know, once again it's hard to say this is a, a crazy run, but it's, it's a great run and, and obviously but last year I mean, everybody thought, you know, we were going to be done by, well, we were done by April, but, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, had, we got extra per diem and, you know, TD made a little bit extra money through concessions and all that. So, basically, that, you know, it's better for uh, the community, obviously, you know. One of the first guys that really gave me my chance to be myself and, and play my game and and work around what I do. And, um, he's just not a good coach. He's, he, he's, a, he's a good coach, but an even better person. Somebody that I talk to to this day. So. He said before the game he didn't want you to leave Sacramento. Is that something that matters to you or that means a lot to you? Yeah. I mean, he was he was one of the guys, one of the few guys that been on my side throughout my career. And um, I can't say enough about him. He, Like I said, he's a great guy, great person, a great coach. and. Someone I talk to this to this day, not just about basketball, but about life itself. So. He said he uh, told you he didn't want you to be John Stockton. He just wanted you to be who you were. Yeah. How many guys in your life have told you that? Lorenzo Romar, Mike Malone, and Brad Stevens. So, I mean, those guys believe in my abilities and, and want me to just be myself and nobody else. And, and that's, that says a lot. Isaiah, uh, with Avery, why do you think he has that tendency to kickstart you guys on offense? Um, he's just aggressive in the first quarter. Um, making shots, he's, he's, a, he's a great shot maker and a guy that is um, getting to his spots and guys are finding him. And he's just doing a, a great job of getting us going early in the first quarters and throughout the game. And, um, I'm proud of him because he, he puts in the he put he puts in the work and is showing. And I mean, you're kind of the finisher for this team. Would you say it's just as important to have that guy to get you guys off to a hot start? No doubt. I mean, collectively as a group, we want to get off to a good start. But he day um, night in and night out, and he's a guy that just for some reason he, he plays very well in the first quarters. He hits shots and he gets us going defensively as well. So he's a guy we really depend on a lot, and, um, and I'm glad he's been playing well. Does that sort of work for you in terms of allowing you to sort of get into your own rhythm if he's taking care of things early? Um, a little bit. I mean, then the defense can't really eye on me as much as they want to. Um, getting other guys going early makes it makes it um, tougher for the defense to eye on me late. And 
give credit to my teammates. They put the work in each and every day, and and it's showing. We're playing. A, we're playing pretty well right now. I saw you on a few weeks ago on TV. You were, you were very upset with the way the team was playing. I sense this much better feeling now. It is. I mean, we're not playing great, but we're playing a lot better. Um, defensively, we're playing at a high level, and offensively, we're sharing the ball and, and playing on selfish. And I think when we bring the effort on the defensive end, the offense um, carries itself, and we've been doing a pretty good job the last few games. Your friend, the coach on the other team, is saying this is the time of the season when teams approaching the All-Star break take nights off early. Yeah. I imagine that's been mentioned in this room. Um, it hasn't. It, will, it, will it hasn't, but it, it definitely will the closer we get. Because um, even when I got in the league earlier in my first couple of years, coaches always said that. I mean, it's the time where you can separate yourself and, and also you can separate yourself positive and negatively. So um, we want to do it the positive way. You mentioned Coach Malone and the other players, but if one of those people hadn't given you the chance, do you think it would have ever happened? Probably not. I mean, probably not. Those guys really believed in me and believed in my abilities. And like I said, I can't thank them enough. Thank what would it mean tomorrow if you got named as an all-star? Say it again. What would it mean tomorrow if you got named as an all-star? I mean, I mean, I mean the world to me. I mean, I feel like I deserve it. Um, numbers don't lie. And my team is winning. My team is playing at a high level. And one thing I just always worry about, the things that I can control. I can't control who votes for me or, or if they say my name tomorrow, but I can control what I do out there on that court. And I, I felt like I put myself in a pretty good position, especially with my team being the fifth seed now in the East and, and winning games lately. Um, so hopefully my name is called, but if it's not, I mean, I'm going to just keep going, keep grinding, keep pushing.